All right, time for us to check in with Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Simi. How are things over there? They're good. They're good. Yeah. How are things with you? Um, wonderful. Thank you very much for are, asking. Are you enjoying being back at work at uh, oh, I the love early it. times of the morning? Oh, yeah. I love my job. Yes. Ooh. What time do you get up in the morning? Well, because of this show now, I get up very early. <laughs> you know that Vaughn is still listening, right? I know. His mom was up at three. He was up at three, um, leaping through the periodicals. Trip. I know. Uh, He's on a road trip. He's down who knows where in, you know, Arizona, whatever, uh, but still is sending me the occasional note about what a great job Rob Shaw is doing. So no no pressure that Vaughn is listening and, and judging you. Okay, well, we got to knock this one out of the park then. Yeah, we better. Okay, let's get started. Uh, we were going to start today by talking about Nicholas Simons. And I guess this happens when you've got an election that is a year away. You're gonna, we start to hear about people who are maybe not going to run again or retire. But what's interesting about this one? Yeah, this is a, it's an, he's an interesting cat, uh, Nicholas Simons, the most prolific heckler in BC politics, and the building is going to be much more quiet uh, once he leaves, uh, announcing that he is hanging up the heckling spurs, I guess. I don't know. Really? I think that metaphor doesn't quite work. But uh, he's decided that he's uh, he's going to retire after 18, 19 years. And, you know, we debate decorum at the legislature all the time. Is heckling a good thing? You take a class of students in and you watch these uh, grown people shouting insults at each other while they're trying to deliver speeches. It's part of parliamentary tradition, but um, no one did it better or worse, depending on your point of view, uh, than uh, Simons, the MLA for Powell River, Sunshine Coast. Uh, he's He's got an interesting history. You know, when people quit politics now with the kind of uh, – pedigree or, or background that Nicholas Simons, they've gone through ups and downs. He was one of the baker's dozen that brought down Carol James right. in opposition. He he, uh, he came in in opposition promising a bunch of different things about ferry service. And I talked to him about this the other day because he's on the Sunshine Coast where service is just uh, a perpetual problem and promised to fix it, held town halls in opposition, whipped up all of these people uh, to fix the ferry service. And he's quitting now with the ferry service worse than ever <laughs> 19 years in politics worse than ever so bad that the earl's cove sultry bay service basically collapsed on the weekend because one person couldn't make it to work uh one ferry worker was in a car accident in the whole there's cancellation which is crazy so, to me right one person being away to one, that that fragility of the system um just bringing it down so there's a little bit humbling uh, to spend, you know, almost two decades in office uh, and be promising this issue and discover that, you know, you go from opposition all the way to the cabinet table. He's a social development minister at the cabinet table, making decisions, advocating for ferries. And then, you know, you're, you're, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Uh, the limits of the ability of one politician to change the world, I guess. So uh, an interesting character, you know, we're going to see more people start to make these decisions because, uh, you know, party leaders want to know from their MLAs this fall, around now and in the next little while, are you going to run again? It's a year to the next provincial election in October. People need to start working on things like finding new candidates, fundraising in their ridings. You you know, it's, it's one of the questions here is whether what David Eby does with that information um, uh, on cabinet and whether, you know, Nicholas Simons was someone he bounced from cabinet. He removed him. Uh, when he set his own cabinet. But there will be other ministers in the BC cabinet right now who decide not to run again. And do they tell David Eby around now? Does he keep them in 
or does he move them out right. uh, and put other people in? And so there's a lot of these discussions happening. And Nick Simons is one of the first to sort of come out and publicly say he's he's done. Right. And so this will be the true transition, though, won't it, Rob, between the former John Horgan government to a David Eby chosen government? That's right. You know, there will be some New Democrats who even, they predate Adrian Dix, they predate uh, when he was leader, Carol James. Um, some of them come from Carol James and the big NDP resurgence of 2005, you know, after the party almost got wiped off the map in 2001. So those folks are now looking and increasingly, you know, choosing to to uh, move aside and to make way for other people and renew and refresh. So David Eby is going to have to choose and this is a perpetual issue in the NDP, um, do you kind of allow all the independent-minded, very active riding associations across the province to come up with their own candidates, which is how the system's supposed to work, and then you just welcome them onto the team? Or in this modern age of politics, when you're a one-and-done leader, you got one shot at the election, especially when you're premier, uh, do you try to Put the team together that you want, recruit the candidates you want, push them through the riding associations, use your power as leader to build your superstar team, or do you just make do with the people that other folks choose? And so he's got to make those decisions as well. And who replaces Nick Simons? And does he, David Eby want that person? Or is that a local person that the local organizers want? And it's the challenge. Kevin Falcon has it on the liberal side too, over the next year is trying to figure out who your team is and um, do you even want them and do you have any control over them? Right. That, that's what's going to make, I think, the lead up to this election so interesting. So do you feel like this is kind of the first shoe to fall on this? I think so. I think there are other MLAs who definitely aren't running again, who are not quite ready to say it publicly uh, and uh, certainly some cabinet ministers as well. And so uh, there's no deadline from the EB government right now. You know, uh, the premier, he has a couple other people phoning around asking folks for their intentions. They're not being told you need to say by X date, but that's coming soon. Uh, and that will be this fall uh, and the next couple of months or by the end of the year. And so those folks will have to get their mind around it. And I, you know, credit to Nicholas Simons, who literally just walked into his local community newspaper office uh, last week and said, Hey, I got some news for you guys. I'm quitting. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> I want to tell you it. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you guys first. And it was like, okay. And so, you know, that community connection right. often means we find out later after the locals uh, talk about it. So, Interesting. Yeah. Now, Rob, we've been talking this week, you and I have, about the return to school, uh, the focus on students. Clearly, there are some opportunities there for the opposition to kind of score some points against the government, don't you think? I think there are. And we saw BC United yesterday release a four point sort of education plan of which I would say two are pretty good wedge issues for them. Uh, two of those four issues. One I'm, I'm not really sure about and, and the, <laughs> the fourth is, is a bit hard to believe, but um, they're worth talking about and, and kind of going through here because I believe uh, Falcon, uh, BC United leader Kevin Falcon is up on, on uh, the radio later this morning. Yes, right? he's joining us in our eight o'clock hour. So let's start with the two that you think are the good points. Well, as we were talking about earlier this week, the elimination of the letter grade system for kindergarten to grade nines is, in, is a very clear and uh, definitive decision by the NDP government. So BC United is all over that saying, you know what, we'll flip that over. We will bring letter grades back and we will respect the parents and teachers uh, and students who said very clearly in government consultation, they don't 
like this and they don't want it. So that's a great wedge issue for them. It's very clear for people to understand. Bring back letter grades. Uh, change the NDP decision. The other one uh, is enforcing a cell phone ban on schools and on classrooms to enhance student engagement. Uh, this is, again, an NDP decision. Education Minister Rashna Singh yesterday was asked if the province will do this. She said, nope. It's up to each district. It's up to each school. It's up to each teacher in their classroom. And BC is not going to step in with a policy. Other provinces have started doing this. Quebec has moved in that direction. So there's another decision that BC United can use as a contrast and say, you know what? We will bring that smartphone ban in province-wide. It doesn't matter which classroom you're in. So those are the two hmm. that I would say are easy, smart, uh, quick wedge issues for the for the party. All right, and let's talk about the other two now. One of them is says, ensure timely and on-budget school construction. I mean, that sounds good <laughs> when I see that, but I also think that is not necessarily the issue. The issue is building more schools. Sure, yeah. And look, like there's a couple things there. Yes, the schools are overcrowded and the NDP has not built enough of them. And yes, its promise in Surrey in particular to eliminate portables is laughable. It's it's never going to be achieved uh, and you don't hear them saying it out anymore. But I, And I'm not going to number salad uh, this issue with the capital plan and the buildings. <laughs> number and salad. That kind of, That's gold. It's just, it, all it is, you, you really just have to do a reality check on it. There's not enough schools. Like That's what yeah. people come away with. And so I think it's easy for BC United to pick on this, um, but it's not like the NDP hasn't tried. They do have a special office to help build schools faster in Surrey. Money is no object for this government. Uh, debt is going to double under the NDP, the side of the budget where you build schools and hospitals and things. It just literally can't build fast enough. It, you have labor shortages in construction, you have inflationary costs, and it's you have to buy land. Uh, and so those are issues BC United will have as well. And the party does not have a great track record as the former BC Liberals in building enough schools. It had a really stupid policy in its school building where it only built schools to the population needed at the exact moment you built them, not to the future. And the NDP quite rightly changed that. You build the schools with empty space and even now they're, they're filled instantly. So yeah, that one sounds great. Uh, and, uh, you know, United's going to say we're experts in building things and the NDP are incompetent. But that's a much more that's a much grayer area, because if money is no object and you have a government motivated to do it and they still can't do it, the problems uh, are not political will on school yeah. construction. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. OK, and then the fourth one here, and I'm wondering kind of where this one came from. It has to do with vaping. I don't know what the plan is here, but you do hear from teachers that vaping is a big issue. Uh, kids sneaking them into class, you know, and uh, doing it. I have a teacher friend who says he sometimes catches kids behind their books quickly vaping because you can get away with that. Uh, it's not like um, it's sometimes you can you can kind of hide it. Uh, and I think the, the promise here is strengthen measures to combat youth vaping. I don't really know. You'll have to ask Falcon about it. Could be a surcharge in vaping. Could be a complete ban. Good luck with that on vaping. Uh, we see it all the time with adults uh, everywhere. Um, but uh, it is an issue teachers have mentioned. And so I guess that's an issue that the political party wants to get behind. But I pretty vague. I'm not sure where yeah, he's going to go with that. That's what I thought too. And I looked at it, I thought, you know, I think the thought is there, right? The idea is there. But again, this, I mean, we saw this coming down the tracks 10 years ago, Rob. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, some, some things are great to promise whether you 
deliver them or not, people just remember the promise, right? And that you're That's listening true. to them. The NDP has a whole stack of those type of things where John Horgan was great at saying, I feel your pain. I know this. You're gas upset prices. about this. We're, gas prices, yeah, we're, right? we're on it. And then yeah. nothing changes. But at least you're heard. And for a long time under the previous BC Liberal government, people didn't feel heard. And so that's a big part of politics is saying, I hear this, I see it, we're going to do something about it. And then, you know, nothing ever happens. But at least you, at you, least heard, you were heard. You're, you're listening. <laughs> um, and I guess that shows as well that the opportunity, clearly, and, and we discussed this, that this is the opportunity that the opposition feels that they have when it comes to education and students right now in the province. That Are they being presented with this by the government? Like, is there more the government can do to fix this? Yeah, I think they're capitalizing on the fact that this feels like a very tone-deaf school launched by the NDP government. They're getting questioned about certain things and simply responding with, well, you know, these are our decisions, right? This is our decision on the on the letter grade system. And in the words of Rashna Singh, people will get used to it. Um, that, that part makes it easy for political opponents to come in and, and promise the opposite. And I think you see the opposition, BC United, sharpening its teeth right now, a year to the election. They're yes. going to start taking issues like this and making election promises out of them and hope that people begin to pick up a little tiny bit of who they are. And, oh, yeah, what was that party that promised to bring back letter grades? You know, the, the one that sounds phones, like a soccer yeah. team. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so like so every every little thing that comes up from now, they'll, they'll embed a promise in it. And uh, that's what you're going to see for the next year as they slowly kind of build that up. Mm. So it'll be an interesting year in politics to watch it for it. It certainly will be. Rob, thank you. Okay, take care.